This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Welcome back to another episode of Equity Mates. We're coming to you live from Bryce's lounge room, actually, from my lounge room. Am I still guessing who you are to intro this episode? You are ham. No, look, uh, we have just finished the Sewn Hearts and Minds Investment Leaders Conference that was held at the Opera House. And I'm sitting here with Ren, and we are going to give a bit of a debrief on what happened today and... uh, draft that 16 stocks that were pitched by some of the globe's best investors. So for people who aren't familiar, Hearts and Minds is a listed investment company that 12 fund managers pitch their best ideas. That gets rolled into a fund with some other investments from the core managers. Rather than taking a management fee, they donate that management fee to medical research. $60 million has been donated. I think it's been running for what, seven or eight years? Yeah. Uh, But they also hold the 12 fund managers pitch at this conference that we went to today and uh, they donate the ticket money from that to medical research as well. Mm. So it's a great way for expert investors to donate their knowledge um, and create value that then goes to a good cause. Yes. So it's the first time that we have attended the conference in person. We have been lucky enough, as you would have heard on episodes over the last few weeks, to have some of the experts on the show. We had uh, Ricky Bannon, we had Ashish Swarup, and we had Tom Norton, all pitching stocks. So in today's episode, we are going to draft the 16 stocks one by one, create our own portfolio. We're going to recap last year's draft, see who came out on top. But to kick things off... There was more to today than just stock picks. We heard, heard from some fantastic medical researchers and uh, leaders in the field of quantum computing, brain cancer, treatment. It was pretty fascinating. So what were some of your kind of takeaways, Ren? Yeah, I think the three most impressive presentations were probably the medical researchers. The line that stood out was... We have cured brain cancer yes. in mice. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, regardless of in mice or not, it was a pretty phenomenal yeah. statement. Yeah, there was um, Peter Atia, who I hadn't heard of before, but no. uh, Simon from our uh, office messaged with like Peter Atia, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. He obviously had heard about him before. He's all about extending human life and the quality of life. Yeah. Um, medicine 3.0. 
then we heard from a researcher who's working on brain cancer and I guess novel ways to use the body's immune system to fight that cancer. Pretty cool stuff there. And then, yeah, as you said, quantum computing. So pretty amazing. Also the genomic medicine. We um, we heard from a guy who was talking about the intersection between, I guess, using genes to uh, for treatment as well as the you know, overlaying data science with that and, and what it can do and, and was talking about case studies of how they had manipulated human genes to essentially solve or cure a number of debilitating diseases. So I think my takeaway with all the, the medical stuff, Ren, was that none of it was like out of reach, sort of this is just fantasy, this is what we can hope for. Like it was very real medical research and proven results. And it was super, I guess, heartening to see that, you know, the funds that are going towards this research are having a meaningful impact. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hello. (laughs) My wife has just walked in the room, Harriet, and it is actually Ren's birthday today as well. Would you like to say happy birthday? Would you like to to sing me happy birthday? No. All right, Bryce. Yeah, it, it was an epic day and we're going to draft all these stocks later, but rather than teasing it and teasing it throughout, let's just talk about, well, let's list the stocks that were pitched today. And then if you're listening along at home, you can start to think about how you, what order you would draft these stocks. So some of the names were new, some of them were quite familiar. Um, Ashland Global was the first pitched. Canon, the printer maker, was a short. Telex Pharmaceuticals, Swire Pacific out of Hong Kong. Next Gen Energy, a uranium company. Guzman E. Gomez, one that I actually just ate after the conference. Bed and Body Works, Unicredit. I think it was Bath and Body Works. Bath and Body Works, what yeah, did I say? Bed. I was thinking Bed, Bath and Beyond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Unicredit, AIA Insurance, Mini So, ResMed, Lamb Weston, Games Workshop, Webster Financial Corp, the Grayscale Bitcoin Fund. Classic. And then finally Wise. So that's 16 stock pitches. Some of the names I certainly wasn't familiar with and we can unpack them a little bit more when we draft them. Some interesting companies pitched today. Interesting companies and some great experts. We had Ricky Sandler from the US. We also had Kathy Wood joining from overseas in video. So uh, she really spoke well over her eight minutes. Uh, we had Dan Loeb from Third Point Capital, plus many more that we'll go through soon. So before we get into the draft, let's have a review of how we went from last year because we did this same exercise after last year's HM1 conference. Now... I've just opened it. So, can you see my screen or have you got it up there? I've got it open, yeah. Okay. Well, the headline is two had two key headlines. Number 1 I won. Yeah. Number 2 we were both down. Yes. Yes. So, can I can I just say before you unpack it, uh, producer Sasha went to the Facebook discussion group and polled them who do they think won? 65% said you. Nice. Well, I say to the 35% that backed me, I hope I well, I did repay your faith. Nice. Well, I'm down 9.9%. Ren, you're down 4.4%, uh, 4.7%. I mean, a lot of companies in here we had, in mine, we had ASML, which I am guessing is why a lot of people suggested that uh, I would win. Nike was in there, but a number of my, a couple of my positions, Keyword Studios and Darling Ingredients, both down over 40%. So that was a real drag. Yeah, your best performer was an ASX listed stock, Champion Iron, 
up 27%. But yeah, down almost 10% at the end of the day. For my side of the ledger, my worst performer was down 50%, China Tourism Group. That one hurts. That was my second draft pick. But New Relic was up 52% and car sales listed in Australia was up 30%. Overall, I was down about 5%. So the stock pitches last year didn't exactly cover themselves in glory, but it was a pretty tough year. It was. But let's get to the let's, today's. Let's get to it. Before we draft, Bryce, we should make clear that you're about to hear 16 stocks that were pitched by experts today, but they aren't aware of your personal financial circumstances. Do not take uh, their pitches as personal investment advice. Do your own research. Seek professional advice if you need it. And as we talk about it, remember that this show is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. With that said, let's get to the draft. How do we decide who goes first? Well, it's your birthday, so you go first. Okay, great. Oh, I haven't picked. I haven't uh, decided how, how I want to go. All right. First pick of the draft, I'm going to pick the worst pitch. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of the next year has the best opportunity to mean that I win this. Okay. I'm going to pick Kathy Wood's Grayscale Bitcoin Investment <laughs> Trust. <laughs> Kathy Wood's pitch reminds me of a quote that Specky McGee gave us a couple of years ago. I don't want a recession. I want a risk-on session. Yep. <laughs> Her whole pitch was basically, she had this stat that I wrote down because it was so unbelievable. She thinks between now and 2030, honestly, the math doesn't work, but she said it will go from $84 billion to $97 billion. I think global equity markets, well, they're obviously no. in the trillions. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. Anyway, she had a number that was like uh, like non-disruptive technologies will go from $87 billion to $97 billion. Disruptive technologies will go from $13 billion to $202 billion. I think they were in the trillions. They must have been in the trillions. Yeah, it was yeah, trillions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was just basically like <coughs> her five chosen disruptive technologies are going to just do create all the value of the next decade. Yeah. Now, the Grayscale Bitcoin Investment Trust is basically a listed investment company that only invests in Bitcoin. And so it's just betting on the price of Bitcoin. Her, so right now, Bitcoin, 37,000 US dollars a coin. Her base case by 2030 is $650,000 a coin. And her bull case is $1.5 million yeah. a coin. Yeah. But anyway, let's not talk about Bitcoin. My first pick of the draft, the Grayscale Bitcoin Investment Trust, pitched by Kathy Wood. Nice. All right. Well, there are a number to choose from here. Keeping in mind that this is a 12-month time horizon that we're talking about, a number of the pitches were given with three to five-year time horizons. I'm going to have to go with Chris Cordes, and we've spoken about this on the show, is ResMed. Really? On yeah. The, on the way home, you were saying how you thought it was an un, uninspired pitch. That doesn't mean that I don't think it's not going to perform. I just thought it was a, a lazy pitch. All right. Well, give, yeah. us, give us your two cents. Well, I just think that within the next 12 months from where it is, unless the thesis is proven that the GL1, GLP-1 drugs are much more effective long-term than people think and actually have a much more meaningful impact on ResMed's sleep apnea business, then over the next 12 months, I would anticipate that the market realises that there's an opportunity there. Pretty simple. Nice one. Love it. All right. Well, for my next pick, I'm going to pick the last uh, company that was pitched today, and that is Wise. Now, people might be familiar with Wise from the 
Uh, if they've traveled overseas, it's probably been recommended to them. Uh, last couple of times I've traveled, uh, I've used it. It's basically like a global, it's like a, a travel money card um, without the fees. Yeah. With the far less fees. It's uh, a card that you can hold multiple currencies on. And essentially, um, the way that it was pitched by uh, Kieran Moore from Munro Partners was they have found a way to cut all of the middlemen out of global money transfers and they're offering it to customers and small and medium businesses. And so if you think about how payments, all the middlemen that clip the ticket on international payments, your bank, the global payment transfer, the other bank on the other side, there's often third-party banks in the middle as well. They've cut all of them out and they basically manage the liquidity in-house. Why is this basically a giant liquidity pool that um, holds it in lots of different currencies and just gives you the currency that you need? Mm. Uh, anyway, that's not a great description of it. Kieran would do a much better job, <laughs> but that's what I'm taking as my second pick. Nice. Okay, so I'm going to go with... You're already nervous. You, you've picked one company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should. Be, I, want it, I might keep this one for later, but the only reason I'm going to go with this is because the experts specifically said that there is a 50% upside within the next 12 months, and that is uh, Ashish Swarup, who we've had on the show, which was AIS Insurance. Now they you mean AIA 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 insurance. They're a, an insurance provider for uh, emerging economies, emerging countries, and they provide uh, life insurance. And there's a big sort of uh, insurance protection gap in a lot of these uh, emerging markets, and they uh, play a big role in in filling that gap. Yep. Um, huge market in terms of the healthcare insurance. Uh, they anticipate by 2030, Asia will be spending $4 trillion on healthcare. It's the fastest growing life insurance provider in India. I'm going AIA insurance. Yeah, nice one. For my third pick, I am going to go a company that I don't know if it will have a great one-year performance, but I thought it was maybe the most interesting company pitched today. Uh, it was pitched by Angela Aldrich. The, comp- the company is Lamb Western. Yes. Now, Bryce, did you know that we are living in the middle of a French fry war? Yeah, right. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you about it anyway. <laughs> so here are some crazy stats for you. 42% of restaurant menus worldwide have French fries on the menu. 60% of restaurant menus in the US have French fries on the menu. Pre-pandemic... of food ordered globally from like takeaway or restaurants included French fries. There's a French fry addiction going on. (laughs) (laughs) And America is dominated by three major French fry players. It's an oligopoly. Angela was speaking about how it's a rational market, which is a euphemism in investing circles for the companies don't compete on price aggressively. Yeah. Um, uh, this company, Lamb Weston, has been beaten down. It was a bad harvest in the Colorado River area where they have a, a lot of their suppliers are based. And they've seen like earnings compression as a result. They've also been hit by the Azempic trade. People think that uh, you know Azempic is going to stop Food cravings and French fry cravings. I mean, you know, it's not the craziest Azempic thesis we've heard. No. Uh, But Angela was speaking about how this year the harvest has been great in the Columbia River Basin. Uh, (laughs) Volumes are increasing. That the margins will be improved because it was a good harvest. And she thinks the stock will re-rate higher. But just a really, for me, this is like a classic, you know, just 
It's one of those stocks that you never think about. Who well, supplies French fries? I, I was just thinking through this pitch. Man, she's spent a lot of time thinking about French fries. I mean, best market <laughs> research you could do. <laughs> so anyway, Lamb Weston, uh, that's going to be my third pick. All right, Lamb Weston is your third, Ren. I'm going to get a bit of diversity in here and get a commodity in, I think, which Candace and Felicity from Talk Money to Me will be, I think, happy with this one. From uh, Jeremy Bond, he pitched a uranium company called Next Gen. Yeah, no, without the T, N-E-X Gen. Yeah, Next Gen Energy. Now, so this is not us name dropping, but uh, we were sitting with Chris Judd for the morning session. Yes. Uh, and as we were walking out, he just said, Next Gen is a beast. He's a beast, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a great we, we met Chris Judd, we met Nick Griffin from Munro Partners, Mark Nelson was there, Solomon Liu, we unfortunately didn't get to meet, but he was yeah. in the audience. Jeff Wilson didn't Jeff recognize Wilson us. Jeff Wilson was there, <laughs> we walked straight past him. <laughs> but there were plenty of well known industry leaders there. Which you were was, there, Bryce Lesky. I was there, which was great to chat to. Anyway, um, uranium. So, Next Gen, they, they're not producing any uranium at the moment here in Australia, but they are on track to be one of the largest and lowest cost producers of uranium at a global scale with some of the highest quality uranium that you can buy. Now, why is this important? There is a huge shortage of uranium versus the demand that is expected over the next decade. This is why I am going this stock. China plans for 10 new power stations, nuclear power stations per year for the next 10 years. Regrettably, Australia didn't really show up on the map when it came to planned nuclear power stations. Yeah, yeah. Ne- Next Gen's been on a big run, though. Yes, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. They did. He did show. Uh, Jeremy showed that uh, where the price currently is, he expects it to surpass its previous all-time high of about 140 bucks. It's currently sitting around 75, I think. The uranium price. The uranium price. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. not the price of Next Gen. And he did the maths on the mine that they're building. If they build the mine and uh, if the uranium price gets to $100, uh, then it will be the eighth biggest miner in the world from a yes. free, on a free cash on a free flow basis. Cl- and to be clear here, that's miner full stop, yeah, not it's uranium like compared miner. Compared to like BHP, BHP and BP, Glencore, and Glen- the rest. Yeah. So look, the risk taking this rent for the next 12 months is that uh, there's not a lot of price action in the next 12 months, but it could be one for the bottom drawer for the next 10 years. Maybe middle draw. <laughs> middle draw. I think you'd want to check on the uranium yeah, story on, every now and true. then. All right, All right, we've got three each. My fourth one is going to be one that is, I mean, it's just a company I would love to own and we have no idea about valuation. And we have no idea about valuation because it's actually not listed yet, but it's likely going to list in the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. And they actually surprised us. And rather than a fundy pitching this stock, it was the CEO that came out and pitched his own company. Uh, the company, Guzman y Gomez, yeah. and the founder, Stephen Marks, was brought out and he pitched it. And, I mean, I haven't met every CEO in corporate Australia, but I think Stephen Marks would be on the podium in terms of the best seller of their own company. Absolutely. Highly inspiring, engaging, knows his business like the back of his hand. Like you you finish that pitch and you think this is going to be as big as McDonald's. Bigger. Well, he says it's going to be bigger. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just like obviously we're all aware of what Guzman 
eGomez is. It's got about 200 locations around the world, the majority of them in Australia. They think they can get to 1,000 locations in Australia. And then they're also in, uh, I think, Japan, Singapore, and the US. The US is obviously a huge opportunity for them. Here's a fun fact. Uh, They are projected to get to a billion dollars in sales this year. The only QSRs, quick service restaurants, that have got to a billion dollars in sales faster than Guzman globally, Starbucks and Chipotle. Mm. Heard of them? Yes, very much so. (laughs) And you think about some of the big ones that have come, like Carver listed in New York earlier this year. Guzman has grown quicker than them. Like it's a pretty incredible story. Um, over the past three years, same store sales growth has averaged 22%. Yeah, now so that's this unbelievable. Isn't, this isn't just a story of them adding more and more locations every year. 22% average same store sales for three years. Like it's, I mean, we all know. 50% earnings growth. The only question is, what's this IPO going to be priced at? Yeah, that's and why. So, I, yeah, yeah, I, I know that we would have. Yeah, that's why we both weren't going to draft it <laughs> yeah, first because yeah. it might get priced at an eye-wateringly high level. Yeah, and then that's my starting price yeah, for this draft. Yeah, because it's a it's a phenomenal business, but yeah, for the purpose of drafting, I did have it in the back of my mind. It could pop. It could get. It's got great consumer brand. You could see a lot of retail guys getting getting behind it. But the worst case scenario here is that it like IPOs in. October. <laughs> but you see, here's the thing. Looking at our respective draft boards so far, whatever happens, I'm going to leave today feeling a lot better about my collection of companies. Why? I just feel like I've drafted better than you so far. <laughs> Who cares? I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, that kind of ruins the game. <laughs> All right. My next one is I'm going to back in Ricky Bannon, who we had on the show uh, not too long ago. Again, because of the short-term nature. Well, not the short-term nature, but there are some catalysts that could come in the next 12 months that could send this stock even higher. She pitched Telex Pharmaceuticals. Now, it's a, a red pharmaceuticals company that specializes in targeted uh, diagnostic and I guess therapeutics by using radiation like in molecules I guess through injection and so I guess the traditional way of diagnosing tumors and whatnot is through large-scale radiation I'm not even going to try and explain no, this. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas this company has the ability to send in molecules that attach to cancer cells and then light up on uh, on a screening process. So it's less invasive and much more targeted. And as I said, it has application in diagnosis of cancer, but also treatment. Now, why she thinks that it's going to have, uh, I guess, a catalyst over the next 12 months is because they already have a product in market. I think it's called Elucix. Like, can't quite remember and then two other products that are due out in the next two or three months plus a pipeline of uh of product activity so she sees pretty decent upside over the next 12 months now if uh you want if you've got your eyebrows raised at bryce's description of the medical technology (laughs) not my circle of competence uh, when we spoke to ricky on the podcast she spoke about another company in the same field clarity pharmaceuticals Uh, So you can go and listen to that interview with Ricky and you can hear her explain how the medical tech works. Yeah, yeah. All right, Bryce, well, we are each four companies down. Uh, We have four to go. So let's uh, just quickly recap, take a breath. I have drafted Kathy Wood's pick, the Grayscale Bitcoin Investment Trust. Yeah. Uh, Wise, the um, payments company. Lamb Weston, all about French fries. And Guzman E. Gomez, also food related. Nice. You were obviously hungry at the time of uh, recording. 
Yeah, yeah, which is now. Yes. Uh, so I went ResMed, I went AIA Insurance, the uranium company NextGen, and then Telex Pharmaceuticals. Okay, so let's take a quick break, and then on the other side, we're going to keep drafting eight stock picks to go from the HM1 conference. We'll be back after this. Hell yeah. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All right, welcome back to Equity Mates. We are sitting on Bryce's Lounge. It is a Friday afternoon. We have cracked a beer and we are talking investing. Sounds like the be- perfect way to end a week. <laughs> but we've just been at the Hearts and Minds Investment Leaders Conference where 12 of the best fund managers, actually more than 12, 15 of the best fund managers pitched their best ideas. And we're going through the stocks that were pitched. We are drafting them. We're each assembling a team based on the companies that were pitched. Yep. Uh, we've each drafted four. We've got eight companies to go I guess I'm on the clock. You are. That's why I'm padding with this extra long intro. (laughs) All right. I am going to choose Ashland Global. Okay. It was pitched by Ricky Sandler, who we had on the show about this time last year. So you can go back and listen to him. He's from New York. Um, he, He Epic story. He started a fund with like a few million dollars about 20 years ago and now has, I think, 7 billion under management. So... Pretty incredible. He pitched first uh, today because the way that the conference works is whoever had the best stock pitch the year before pitches first. So he had the best pitch last year. So he was on the stage first. Ashland Global is a specialty chemicals and specialty ingredients company. Basically, they provide the chemicals that like give shampoo its thickness or give skincare its extended release or give a paint its shine. Like all those chemicals that make our ultra processed society so ultra processed and cook the world (laughs) (laughs) and you know he pitched he reckons that he he said that he thinks there's at least 55 percent upside maybe 88 percent upside i love how specific and confident he is with those projections but you know he really made the case that it's been beaten down uh recently 
but it is a company that is incredibly sticky because once you are designed into a manufacturing process, it's incredibly hard to switch you out. And in particular, in their life sciences division, if they are providing the chemicals that coat the the pharmaceutical drugs or, or whatever it is, and then that drug has FDA approval. You can't then switch it out. Like it, it's it's part of the approval, the approved drug. And so he was just talking about how this is one of those companies that is a tiny fraction of the cost of producing a product, but is critical to that product, and that gives them a lot of a lot of staying power. So an interesting one, Ashland Global is my fifth pick. Nice, Rem. Okay, so we've got a few to go. Not having seen the price charts or price action, even like. Oh, in the presentations mm. and how these uh, experts have pitched them and then look, comparing that to price charts, like they, they, a lot of them are pitching stocks that are all beaten, like yeah. beaten down. Well, I think that's part of the pressure of this conference. It's like, don't pitch us your best idea that will compound it yeah. 12% a year for the next 20 years. Yeah. Pitch us your best, best idea that will make a positive return this year. Yeah, yeah. There's honestly an argument that you should just pitch something that will return 6%. And it's just like, just like you're going to make money on it. Like some of the stocks we drafted last year were down like 40 40%. or 50%. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But that's because, yeah. All right, so I, speaking of beaten down, you probably can't get much beaten down than some of the US banks. Ravi Chopra, he pitched Webster Financial Corp. I'd never heard of them. His presentation really revolved around what was going on with a lot of the banks over in the US over the past 12 months. $7 billion market cap. His pitch really is though that they are the fourth. It's actually, an, this is what I did find interesting. It's the, it's the fourth largest health savings account in the US. Now the US has a system where due to their health system, they have savings accounts that are tax-free that you can save money in that then go towards health payments. Yeah. And this bank is is deeply involved in that. The way that the accounts are constructed, at least this is how I understood it, the way that the accounts are constructed is that they have a low fixed payment in terms of interest on those and then they can make up a huge margin at the moment because the actual interest rates now are in the 5%. Yeah, so as a customer, your benefit is you can contribute money pre-tax. Like you you can direct some of your salary to go there and it's not taxed. That's the benefit. So they then don't pay a good... Interest. Interest yeah, on that savings. 0.15%. Yeah. So yeah. then the bank makes the spread. Huge spread. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess his pitch here is that while a lot of the banks in the US in, you know, the smaller, not neo banks, but the banking sector in the US is incredibly... Well, here's the start. Um, the US 5, has 5,000 banks. Yeah, 5,000 yeah. banks. So it's pretty fractured. And while a lot of them are falling down or struggling, he, he, he thinks that there's still more to come. Uh, he reckons that uh, Webster are one that are well positioned given their place in the market with these health, health savings accounts and where interest rates are at the moment, positioned to capitalise. Yeah, so... Uh, the the thing that struck me about this presentation was he argued that there was a 60% upside to the current share price. He was saying that Webster should sell their HSA bank. Like that's that's what they should do. It's this great business. It's making great returns at the moment. Sell it. And it just <laughs> struck me as so like short-term investor focused. It wasn't like there's this great business, structural tailwinds, good opportunity. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. let's grow the shit out of it it's sell it sell it realize the money even though the rest of your business is worse yeah it's and so like sure it it was a good stock pitch it was interesting it's an interesting way to sort of lean into the 
difficulties in the US financial, the smaller end of the US financial sector at the moment. But it, the pitch gave me the ick. Yeah. Yeah. So did his tie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is your comment, anyway. not mine. All right, we've got six companies to go, three each. So my worst performing pick last year was China Duty Free. It was pitched by Jumbei Lu. But Jumbei Lu, I'm going to back you because uh, your pitch was one of my favorites of the day. And you pitched a stock that I hadn't heard about but is – I think the reason that I hadn't heard about it is because I'm getting old. Uh, Miniso is the company. Out of China, it operates in 100 countries, including Australia. If you've got young kids or young nieces and nephews, chances are they've probably heard about it. 5,000 stores in 100 countries. And as Jumbei Lu explained, it's a Japanese-inspired lifestyle store that sells what's cute on TikTok. And the way she described it, it just made me think of Shein. You know how like Shein, the Chinese fast fashion brand, their innovation was supply chain speed. This is that company in like knickknack retailing. So they deliver about 100 new products to store a week. Like that, how quickly they turn over their stock. And their supply chain is so efficient. They're so integrated with like China's factories that they can go from designing uh, the, from an idea to design to product on shelf in a week. Yeah. And that's essentially their business, just knickknacks and toys. They've got a lot of IP deals with, you know, the likes of Barbie and Mario, Junbei Lu was talking about. But the interesting thing, the reason that they've been able to expand globally so quickly is their business model is it's like a franchise-like business model where they find a capital partner in each country to fund their expansion and that, that capital partner gets about a third of revenue but then Miniso come in and actually run the stores. So it's not a full franchise model but it's like a someone else stumps up the cash for their model and then they're like excellent operators and retailers. So company I'd never heard of, Physical retail, not an industry that I love, but an, just an interesting company. Yeah, fast retail, fast knickknacks. All right, Ren, not, I'm, I'm going to go not with... Not great for the planet, no, we should call out. No, I'm going to back in uh, one of the titans on Wall Street, Dan Lobb, uh, from Third Point Capital, $11 billion under assets, $3.3 billion net worth. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, his pitch is Bath and Body Works. As he said it, it sells candles and things that smell good. He says it has an obsessive customer base. It's essentially a homewares. Um, Obsessive customer base. 50 million customers every month, he says, visit their stores. He said it was uh, one of the... It it was spun off from Victoria's Secret. Believes that there's 50% upside in the stock over the next 12 months. So I'm going to back him in. Let's see how good he can do. It kind of reminds me of... So you know how all the baby retailers in Australia went broke a couple of years ago and baby bunting was like the only one left standing? Mm. Uh, you know, like Bed Bath & Beyond goes broke in the US. I think they've they've recapitalised and they're doing something now, but I'm sure there's space in the American homewares large format retail space. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, not a company that exactly gets me excited. All right, Bryce, for my second last pick, I'm going to pick the best performing stock in the UK in the past decade. At least it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. This is a stock that wasn't really pitched with any catalyst to perform well in the next 12 months, Mm. but it's just a 
a company that keeps on keeping on. Yes. It's Games Workshop. Mm. For people that played Warhammer back in the day, it's the company that created and make Warhammer. For those that didn't play Warhammer back in the day, it's tiny little plastic figurines that you build and paint and then you battle other people with them. And they have had such a long history, decades now, and they've got so much IP that they now have like hundreds of books from the Warhammer worlds and uh, video games. And there was an announcement with Amazon earlier this year that they were going to launch the Warhammer Cinematic Universe, similar to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I guess they're like a a tabletop games company that's now becoming like a IP company in itself. So it's a stock that's up, you know, 8,000% since 1994. It's 80 bagged in that time. Like it's been a great performer. Yeah, as I said, it wasn't really pitched with any catalyst for this year other than it's just going to keep on keeping on, but hopefully it keeps on keeping on the right way. Yeah, it was pitched by a guy who had very high conviction. He only has 10 stocks in his portfolio, but I do agree. I didn't, I didn't see it to be honest. His whole thing was like, it's just got really low penetration. So there's opportunity yeah. for it to go. But anyway. One, one stat he said was that, so it's a UK company and its US penetration is a third the UK penetration. US penetration, a third mm. the UK penetration. Mm. But part of me just thought, well, like, that's, maybe that's, that's just customer preference. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, we've got three to go. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the short. Really? Yeah. I've been eyeing that one off as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with the short. Ricky Sandler, he came in with a short for Canon, which is actually up 30% year to date. So I guess that's why he's putting the short on. But his pitch was that it's it's in an industry that is in secular decline, which is printing. Yeah, so Canon's 55% of their revenue is in printing. Yeah, and... Like selling printers to offices. And pre-COVID, that was in decline. And post-COVID, it's obviously further in decline because a lot of businesses turned to doing business digitally. So there's not a lot to this one. He thinks that it's overpriced and there's only one way for this to go. His thesis was that there's 35 to 40% upside on the short. Yeah. So yeah. before 30 or 40%. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. All right. Well, we will watch Canon. I can't say the last time. Oh, I actually did have to print something recently and it's a nightmare to try and find printers and scanners because no is, one has yeah. them anymore. All right, we've got two to go. I get to choose between an Asian conglomerate and an Italian bank. <laughs> I'm going to choose the Asian conglomerate. I'm going to choose Swire Pacific, pitched by Tom Norton, who's been on the podcast recently. You can go and listen to him. But um, Swire Pacific is a conglomerate that has three business units. The first is a real estate business unit. The second, it's a Coca-Cola bottler in China, Cambodia, and Vietnam. And then thirdly, it owns a stake in Cathay Pacific, the airline. Um, the, the real estate business has been unloved because it's in China and China real estate is not mm. a uh, in-favour asset class at the moment. Uh, Tom made the case that the China property problem is really contained to residential real estate in second and third tier cities, whereas this is all commercial real estate, a lot of it in some of the bigger cities. Coca-Cola bottler keeps on keeping on. Uh, it's, it bottles for a population of 900 million people across China, Cambodia and Vietnam. So it's big business. And then Cafe Pacific is, is one of the world's well-known airlines. So that's his pitch. He believes, Tom believes, there's a 77% discount to the market mm. price. Mm. Um, so anyway, Swire Pacific is the name. 
Nice. Well, that leaves me with Martin Hughes' pitch, which was Unicredit. As you said, Ren, it's a Northern Italy bank. It's actually on an absolute tear at the moment, so hopefully that continues for me. 70% of its branch is mainland Italy. The thesis for his pitch were around that it consistently beats market, that beats expectations, and consistently gets upgraded, and is also on a mission for buyback to the tune of 50% of its current market cap. So significant buyback to come. He reckons the two-year total return is uh, an upside of about 70%. So if that does pan out, hopefully I'm in for a bit of a, a bit of that over the next 12 months. He did finish by saying, though, that it's a two- to three-year trade. But nonetheless, I will take uni credit. Nice. Well, that does bring it to an end. Uh, if you want to uh, see what we picked, uh, head over to our Instagram. We'll put up a post that has the company's that were pitched and that we drafted so you can um, add them to your own watch list and you can do your own research on them. So as we close this out, let's just quickly recap what we drafted. Uh, I've got Grayscale Bitcoin Investment Trust, the uh, British company Wise, French fry maker Lamb Weston, the retailer Mini So, Ashland Global, uh, Guzmini Gomez, how could I forget Guzman, and then finally Games Workshop. Nice. I have Sleep Apnea Maker, ResMed, AIA Insurance, an Asian insurance company, Uranium Miner, NextGen, uh, Biomed Telex Pharmaceuticals, Webster Financial Group, uh, Bath and Body Works, Bath and Body Works, uh, The Short on Canon, and then the uh, Italian bank, Unicredit. Nice one. Very diverse. Well, uh, jump on our <laughs> socials and let us know who you think drafted better. And I guess we'll pick this up same time next year. Yeah, yes. Well, what a day. Really enjoyed it. Now, as Ren said at the top, if you want to uh, find out more on the conference or on HM1, you can just head to the Sewn Hearts and Minds website. There is a listed investment company if you want to, uh, I guess, invest in some of these ideas. There is one other place people can go if they want to find out more about HM1. The HM1 podcast yes. that we have done. It's called Hearts and Minds podcast yeah produced by equity mates go and listen to both some of the fund managers and how they approach investing but also some of the medical researchers and yeah. the really epic yeah. work that they're doing i mean like you leave those presentations feeling lucky that we were born today i think being born 10 years from now would have really been the sweet spot it feels like we're right before the inflection point i was thinking that i reckon you would always feel that no, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Because it feels things, like this. Because every decade, things are just going to get more and more But But, you know, it took, it took like decades to map the genome and it cost $3 billion and they finished it in 2003. Yeah. And now they've brought that cost curve way down and it's like less than $1,000 and they've mapped 50 million people's genomes. Yeah. Like now is when it's like, oh, we understand the human genome. You, yeah. wouldn't have, you didn't say that 15 years ago. No, but I reckon every 10 years from now, it's just going to be like, oh... You reckon there's always something? Yeah, yeah. Probably. Like, particularly with the, the rate at which things are advancing. Well, you know what? Well, this is how we put a bow on this episode. It will always feel like there's something in the next 10 years if we keep funding cutting-edge medical research. And the way that we do that is by supporting charities like HM1. Nice. Bang. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Uh, thanks for tuning in, as always. We'll pick it up next week. <laughs>
You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.